The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The Michael Duke Show. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Firearms Friday, your chance to sound off on issues of a Second Amendment nature right here on the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator and around the world at MichaelDukesShow.com. Hello. How are you? Good morning. Welcome back. Sorry about yesterday, but uh, we're back in the saddle again here and ready to go. Uh, trying to get uh, everything uh, squared away and <clears throat> getting back on track here. Luckily, it's Firearms Friday, so that makes it an easier day all the way around. Um, a little bit of a <clears throat> little bit of a challenge yesterday, but uh, we're uh, we're 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 back we're back to it and ready to go. Today we've got uh, some great guests lined up for you and some good discussions. And of course, being Firearms Friday, it is um, it's like a it's like an old robe. You just slip right into it, and it feels feels real good, man. Feels real good. Um, all right. So uh, today on the program, we're going to hit uh, a few headlines here uh, to begin with, and then we're going to be jumping into it with uh, uh, Jacob Sullum from Reason Magazine. He's going to be. Coming, uh, coming to us here in just a few minutes, and we're going to be talking with him about some of his latest writings. He's been following a lot of the, uh, uh, a lot of the shenanigans that have been surrounding uh, the uh, uh, the uh, Hunter Biden situation, <laughs> and it uh, there's 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 been some interesting stuff going on with that, uh, and he's going to give us some of the latest. Uh, details and news and what does that mean in the long run for um, um, uh, for uh, gun owners? Uh, is there anything here that we could take away from this to see what's going on with that? So we're going to talk about the diversion agreement um, and what it means for Hunter Biden and what it means for us as well as gun owners. Uh, Jacob's been uh, Jacob's been following that as uh, well. Uh, and we may even talk a little bit about, um, we may even talk about uh, how the legalization of cannabis is affecting gun owners across the country. And what does that mean? Because he's written about that as well. He's got a lot of, uh, he's got a lot of uh, good, uh, good stuff written here uh, in the last few months about uh, guns and Second Amendment rights and <clears throat> many other things. So, Anyway, go. Uh, we'll be checking that out with uh, Jacob Sullum from Reason Magazine here in just a few moments, and uh, we'll kick things off with him. We'll also uh, open up the phone lines and talk with uh, and talk with you, the listeners, to see what you guys have to say this morning as well. 
and uh, do a little Q&A where we answer whatever question we can or talk about whatever we can as long as it's related to uh, the firearms and the Second Amendment. We're good to uh, we're good to go. We're good to discuss it. And then uh, finally, we'll finish up the show, as always, with our friends, uh, with our friend Willie Waffle, uh, who will have the weekend movie review. And it will be the it will be the end of the discussion for today. And we'll go on at a positive note uh, off into the sunset on a positive note for that. So it should be should be good stuff. Um, <clears throat> all right. So what do we got? Uh, what do we got going on here uh, around the state and around the country? Uh, there's a lot of uh, discussion going on uh, over Tennessee. Uh, I don't know if you've been following this. The uh, Tennessee, um, uh, the Tennessee House and Senate are in a special session right now. Uh, this was a special session that was all. Uh, brought about because of the shooting uh now because of the shooting down in Tennessee and Nashville that was brought forward by the governor um there has been a lot of give and take on this a lot of pushback now I wouldn't think that Tennessee necessarily would uh be at the heart of this kind of uh, uh push and shove over the second amendment issue you kind of think I mean in my mind anyway I think of Tennessee as one of probably, I guess just as a knee-jerk reaction, probably one of the more redder states. But you've got Nashville and <clears throat> everything else down there, so there's probably a plenty of progressive viewpoints uh, that's uh, gone on. Uh, Cam Edwards over at Bearing Arms has got an article up talking about what's going on and giving us an update on it. The Tennessee House and Senate are at odds right now over uh, special session bills that are now been put off. That special session kicked off on Monday, uh, but the after passing four bills on Wednesday, none imposing new mandates or infringing on gun owners' rights, the Senate itself closed off further committee debate and adjourned. However, they left the door open to return by not passing a formal measure to call the session to close. I guess kind of their sine die, uh, uh, as we've seen here uh, in the state of Alaska. The House, meanwhile, still has several bills moving through committee, and it's an open question as to whether the Senate will come back to consider any or all of them before the session gaveled out. Uh, this, this is the from the Tennessean. They write, the Senate closed committees and adjourned Wednesday afternoon after passing just four bills, one of which was a spending measures. Uh, senators stopped short of adopting a final adjournment resolution to formally end business for the week. As the chamber gaveled out, demonstrators in the gallery broke out in chants of, you've done nothing, you've done nothing, and unfurled a banner that read, no gun reform, no peace. They were then escorted from the chamber. Earlier Wednesday, the Senate had coalesced around three bills that passed through the Judiciary Committee the day before. They quickly dispensed with dozens of other bills, including some top priorities for House GOP leaders. And in some cases, the Senate committees lasted less than a minute. Somebody's got the system down there. Somebody in Tennessee has got that system down. The surviving Senate bills included a measure to remove sales taxes on gun safes, 
and provide and provide free locks to Tennessee residents. A proposal to change the deadline for courts to submit records to the state background check database and a bill to require the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation to create an undated report on human trafficking. Each of those measures passed the Senate on Wednesday. And an early adjournment, uh, an early adjournment would be a roadblock to bills the House wants to adopt. Without passage of a companion bill in the Senate, any legislation passed in the House is essentially barred from moving forward. But the Senate seems to be set on going home. And uh, it's, you know, kind of a Mexican standoff. Among the bills that are still in, under consideration in the Tennessee House are measures that would prohibit the release of an autopsy reports on juveniles, a package aimed at reducing juvenile crime, and a proposal allowing those who witnessed an enhanced carry license to <clears throat> to lawfully carry on school grounds. If any of those bills are passed, the Senate would have to come back for more votes, and it's unclear whether House and Senate leaders have struck any kind of deal. Um, they, As for Governor Bill Lee's top priority for the session, really the main reason why he called the special session was that he wanted to adopt a version of a red flag law. Now, neither House nor the Senate has adopted either version of that. And at this point, there's no signs that his tempor uh, temporary mental health order of protection is going to get a vote in either chamber, though it could be revived when the next regular session of the legislature kicks off in January. Now, this is the whole – you've probably seen the videos of the uh, Tennessee lawmakers who were ejected for the behavior that they had out there on the floor during the last portion of the session. Given the circus-like atmosphere of the special session, the best move the Republican majority could make would be for the House to take up the Senate bills and then gavel out to a close. Um, but we'll see what happens on that. It's <clears throat> it's kind of wild to watch. The whole thing is kind of wild to watch. If you've been following it, um, you know what I'm talking about. It's uh, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be interesting to say the least when it's all said and done. In New Jersey, um, I don't have enough time to talk about this. I'm going to come back to this because this is an interesting story. Um, the, something happened in New Jersey and, uh, <clears throat> it was caught, um, it was caught on TikTok of all things. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, but there have been some interesting cases of defensive gun use where most of the cases of gun use are self-defense. Sometimes gun owners are receiving praise after coming to the defense of others. It was just one week ago that a concealed carry licensee in Centerville, Texas, stepped in and stopped an attack on an elderly man in a bathroom at a barbecue joint, but not before he became the target of the suspect's rage. Uh, according to the WIFN, just after, August, just after noon on August the 14th, the Leon County Sheriff's Office received a call from Woody Smokehouse in Centerville, Texas about shots being fired. Authorities said suspect Kevin Craig Anderson entered the barbecue joint that day in a harassing manner and aggressively approached several customers inside the store. He's from Houston, which is about 115 miles south of Centerville. Anderson reportedly went into the Woody's bathroom and began assaulting an elderly male, knocking him unconscious onto the tile floor and continuing to assault him. A man with a license to carry then became involved and tried to stop Anderson from continuing his attack on the, conscious, on the unconscious man. That's when the perpetrator turned on that armed citizen and began assaulting him, sending him to the floor as well. 
Fearing for his life, as well as the life of the unconscious man beside him, the concealed carry holder then drew his firearm and fired two shots. Uh, Anderson, the attacker, fled the restaurant after being shot in the arm, and police found him a short time later. He eventually ended up in the hospital, and while they haven't announced any formal charges yet, by all accounts, this sounds like a use of uh, justifiable use of force. And then there was another case, this time in Cass County, Michigan, after a concealed carry holder shot a robber who'd threatened a convenience store clerk with a box cutter. Now, a lot of people go, a box cutter? Well, that's not much of it. Have you ever seen somebody get cut? Have you ever seen pictures of a knife attack or a, a, a of a, you know, of a cutting? It is some of the most gruesome. I would rather look at bullet wounds rather than somebody who's been sliced, especially with a razor blade. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I'm sorry, right? That box knives, they're... That's spooky, okay? That is some scary, scary stuff. Um, And anyway, a concealed carry holder shot a robber who threatened a convenience store clerk with a box cutter. Three weeks later, the customer is waiting to learn if he's going to face criminal charges. Um, He said the day that the robber uh, showed up uh, and uh, and at the convenience store, according to woodtv.com, He said, you know why I'm here. The gas station surveillance video showed the customer holding a six-pack of Miller Lite as the suspect dressed in black walked in. The suspect, uh, a 35-year-old man from uh, Dojic, pulled a mask over his face. Another angle showed him approaching the store clerk. Police said he threatened the clerk with a box cutter. The customer, who had a valid (laughs) – this is great – the customer, who was a valid concealed carry permit holder – told the police he couldn't see what was in the robber's hand, but he could see the look of fear in the clerk's face. Video showed the customer pulled a handgun and firing three shots, then another three, all while holding the six-pack. <laughs> I mean, that's a cool customer. I got a six-pack of tall boys over here, and, he's, and he, he unloads six shots at this guy. According to the authorities, Martin was struck three times but suffered non-life-threatening injuries. After discharging his weapon and hanging onto his beer, the armed citizen briefly left the store to get another magazine and then returned to hold him at gunpoint until the police arrived. Um, so, again, just another – the clerk, by the way, certainly believes the customer was justified in shooting Martin, the would-be perpetrator, telling Wood TV, he saved my life. Martin is now facing charges of armed robbery, and with three felony conviction to his names already – he could face life in prison if he's convicted. I mean, this is again, you have to make the decision. But if you're going to do it, <clears throat> I guess you need to do it with style, right? Can't, I don't have time to put the beer down. Just going to, you know, pop, 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 pop. Hold my beer. Nope, not even a time to hold your beer. All right, so we got that. We got some other stories. Jacob Sullivan from Reason Magazine is going to be joining us here in just a second. And we're going to dive into the whole Hunter Biden thing. And the latest on the diversion agreement. Diversion agreement. And we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. Back with more in just a moment with the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free thinking radio.
regularly heard on American radio. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? <clears throat> well, um, I appreciate all you guys. Uh, I appreciate all your well wishes yesterday for everybody that uh, dropped me a well wish on the on the page. A um, little bit of a surprise um, for me on Wednesday. Uh, you probably I don't know if you could tell during the show, but I was uh, I had gotten. I woke up that morning with some swelling on the side of my face here and uh, can't see it because of the beard, but the side of my face on this side is about half an inch swollen out from uh, the rest of the thing. Turns out I got something wrong with one of my saliva glands up here. Got some kind of infection or a saliva duct stone or something. Anyway, um, it... Uh, <laughs> It's incredibly painful and uh, just kind of threw me for a loop. So I spent most of Wednesday uh, at the various doctors and everything else trying to get it scored away. And I just couldn't. I was wiped out by the end of Thursday. I could or by Wednesday night. I couldn't face couldn't face Thursday morning. So anyway, uh, that is my little minor medical thing here and uh, got all the medicines and the antibiotics and everything else. And hopefully this is going to come down. But it is definitely not a, definitely not a, uh, it's definitely not a fun thing. So you might see me throughout the show this morning. Once we get Jacob Solomon, you might see me with this uh, hot pack up against my face because it's the only thing that really relieves what's going on right now. So, uh, and if I seem a little wandry, it's because my brain is trying to, I could not hardly form a cohesive sentence on Thursday. So anyway. It was, uh, it's that, that just giving you guys the update as to what's going on. Nothing life-threatening, just extremely painful <laughs> and distracting and irritating. Uh, absolutely irritating. So we'll see what, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens here. I'm hoping in the next couple of days, this will go down and they say it could take up to two and a half weeks for the swelling to all go down, which. Oh, Lord, I hope not, because it uh, definitely will wake you up in the middle of the night like you. Uh, it's the thing. Yeah, Bill's like, it's not saying it's the narcotics, but it's the narcotics. Yeah, yesterday was my anniversary, too. That was the worst part, is that I was going to treat my wife to a whole thing. Anyway, it's uh, it was a bummer. But my wife, she she handled it like a champ. She took care of me, and uh, and uh, it was it was excellent, excellent. Um. Okay, let me go back up through the uh, comment section here and see what's uh, see what we're missing. Um, why isn't Jacob calling me back here? Um. I don't see Jacob in the green room. Uh, okay. All right, let me go back up here and see what's going on uh, as to what's happening around the Uh Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, uh, watched a few YouTube discussions about the SIG 320 issues. 
I haven't uh, I haven't really read much about that. I've heard some rumors about it, but I haven't uh, I haven't actually looked into what's going on with that. Uh, Tennessee has their own version of Bert Stedman. Yeah, no, I I've seen it. I've seen it. Dave checking in from Iowa. Good morning, Dave. Thanks for coming in. Uh, and when you get that nice cross-section medical view of all the layers of meat is gnarly. Oh, yeah, Anthony's talking about if you've ever seen somebody get attacked with a knife, um, it is, oof, it is, it, it's definitely, not, there's, that's some stuff that's disturbing. Uh, it is definitely that kind of stuff. Um, uh, tell him to go to the Manscaped website. He's definitely doing it wrong. Six, six shots, three hits. He should have put the beard down. That's what Kyle said. I mean, probably. Maybe he didn't want to lose his place in line. I don't know. All right. We're uh, getting ready to uh, come back to it. I don't know where Jacob is. Uh, we'll see if, we, uh, if he contacts us here in a few minutes. We'll be ready to go. What the hell is an assault weapon? You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems. Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Dukes show assault radio? <laughs> okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. Yeah, we can live with that. We're, we're okay. We're okay with that. Uh, welcome back to the program. It is um, uh, it is uh, the Michael Duke Show. It's the Friday edition. It's Firearms Friday. What more could a guy, what more could a guy ask for than to come back to it and have it be Firearms Friday? I mean, it just it doesn't get doesn't get much better than that. Um, we were looking for uh, Jacob Sullen from Reason Magazine who. Uh, hopefully, uh, is going to be joining us here in just a hot second. And uh, we'll see if we can, uh, in fact, let's see if we can dial. He was supposed to be here already, so let's see if we can dial him up. And I guess we'll just do it the old-fashioned way with a phone call and see if we can uh, reach him this way. Uh, he's down in Texas uh, doing his thing. Let's see if we can wake him up and get. Hello, this is Jacob Sullum at Oh, and he's uh, I got his voicemail. All right, well, maybe something came up this morning. Uh, but <clears throat> we'll see what happens here in uh, in just a few moments with Jacob Sullum from Reason Magazine. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we can go back here and uh, talk about some of these other stories that we were going on and on about. Um, you know, gun laws across the country are changing um, pretty pretty rapidly. Um, and in some cases, you have laws that are being uh, put on and then they're immediately being enjoined by uh, the judges so that they can't be, you know, enforced. And um, this story is a little different. Th this story is a little different on a couple levels. So first and foremost, there was um, uh, some allegations that a TikTok user who goes by the handle of Evo Joe, uh, he made uh, these allegations about the Toms River, New Jersey police. According to Joe, he was pulled over in his development for driving 46 miles an hour in a 35, uh, in the 35 mile an hour zone. Um, 
and that originally um, he was pulled over. Uh, and when he he was pulled over, he was told that his mode of carry was illegal because Joe is one of the citizens in New Jersey that had decided to exercise his constitutional right to bear an arm and got a permit to carry. When pulled over by the officer, Officer Wegg, Joe presented his New Jersey permit to carry and informed Officer Wegg that he was bearing an arm and where it was located on his body. In short, Officer Wegg told Joe that he was supposed to have his firearm unloaded and in a case went in the car. Now, the law in New Jersey at this time, according to you know the way it runs out, allows New Jersey permits uh, to carry uh, allows it allows New Jersey permit carry holders to keep their firearm loaded on themselves when they're in the car. The law then there was another law saying that this is not allowed, but it has been preliminary uh, preliminarily enjoined and was not subject to a stay at the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. You can see how this gets a little bit confusing. None of this information apparently made it to Officer Wegg or his supervisor, the desk sergeant advising him at the time that Joe got pulled over. Um, uh, Joe, uh, excuse me, John uh, Petrolino over at Bearing Arms reached out to the Toms River Police Department about uh, and to, to find out more about this, to get some more details on it. And he finally was able to get through to somebody after apparently being placed on hold for like over an hour. Um, anyway, they said the subject in question was issued a summons for 46 in a 35 mile an hour zone, which was the officer's probable cause for the stop. Um, as far as the interaction regarding the, Nash, the New Jersey firearms law, we did not supply current information to the driver at the time, but it's since been corrected. As a police department, we will be more prudent with the release of information and update up-to-date directives to our officers. So they hadn't informed the officers that the law was had fundamentally changed, which was something as important as something like that, especially an issue that could rapidly spiral out of control, uh, you know, like an interaction with a police officer when you have a gun and they believe that, you know, you're not supposed to have a gun. But see, it gets a little bit more interesting and gets a little bit more convoluted. And in fact, it <clears throat> spins away from the whole idea of the firearm in and of itself. Um, the police, chief of police has corroborated a bit of Joe's story, saying that the officer was obviously ill-informed about the stop. Um, but as for, as for Joe, uh, John Petrolino, and he had a chat and he discussed the situation one of the things he noted in his video and repeated on TikTok and repeated again to Petrolino was that he had a radar detector in his car and that there was no way he was clocked speeding as he was going 35 miles an hour and he did not detect any radar. Something else he shared with uh, Petrolino was that he was told by an officer that they were at the time in a speeding grant and that officers would get paid an extra $75 an hour or so to write speeding tickets. So Petrolino filed a, a, a Freedom of Information Act request with the state of New Jersey seeking body cam and dashboard information for the 10 minutes prior to uh, Evo Joe getting pulled over and about the encounter. 
And uh, they said that they're going to be getting he's going to be getting some of that information uh, as well. He then goes to follow up with this. Uh, This is ends up being like two or three stories um, when it's all said and done. He said, uh, after a flurry of correspondence and information uh, up with uh, the Tom's River Police Department about the Evo Joe situation, he goes on to talk and ask questions about the so-called speeding grant. Um, he told uh, Evo Joe told John Petrolino that Officer Wegg was bragging about being paid under a grant and getting some good overtime. So Petrolino filed an open public records uh, records act request and asked about the so-called speeding grant and said, you know, whereas an officer will be paid more for writing tickets and asking if it was in place in July and August of this year. Uh, the uh, the the FOIA basically responded and said, officers do not get paid extra to write speeding tickets. Periodically, the state and federal government have grants available to local police departments. These grants can be for a variety of things, seatbelt enforcement, click it or ticket, DUI, safe driving, cell phone, etc. Officers sign up to work these grants on their off-duty time. Each grant has an hourly rate set in the paperwork for the grant. We hope this is an explanation. <laughs> so wait a second. So basically, they get to sit around in their cars in full uniform in their off-duty time and get paid an unspecified amount by another entity to enforce. Who thought this was a good idea? I mean, who? So he follows up with another question, specifically asking if there uh, if there was a grant that Wegg was working under. Um, and, uh, you know, at the time that he pulled Evo Joe over. Officer Wegg was working a speeding enforcement step grant. That is a selective traffic enforcement program. That means that Officer Wegg's overtime was being subsidized by some other agency out in the stick. Now, good credit where credit's due here. The, the, the FOIA department at the Tom's River Police Department has been, I mean, they're just laying it all out there. Good, good job. But at what point, especially when... He has no, there's no radar detection signal. There's nothing else. I mean, he's going to have this day in court. Luckily, and the thing is, here's what got me. Wegg basically said he was writing him a speeding citation in lieu of arresting him for having the gun in what at the time Wegg thought was a non-legal configuration, I guess. Not having the gun locked and unloaded in the trunk. And he's, I'm going to let you off with a speeding ticket instead, which... I just, this is a whole thing. I just, I'm, I'm troubled by this on a, on a variety of levels. First and foremost, that the police officers involved in, and again, in one of the more dangerous interactions that you could possibly or potentially have with somebody when there's a firearm involved, that could potentially, you know, there's always a chance for a misunderstanding. We've seen it happen before. You just don't know. Um, but to not have the correct information and not have the latest and greatest to know what's being enjoined and what's not and everything else. But secondly, this whole idea that they're getting paid by some outside agency to come in on their time off using the 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 public the, the public's equipment, essentially, using their squad cars and doing this else to be paid an additional amount of money to it, it just I don't know. Is it me or does it seem like that's just kind of 
squidgy. I don't know if that's even a word. Squidgy. Makes me feel funny inside. Um, this whole thing, again, can be viewed up on TikTok uh, if you if you have such a thing on your phone. Uh, Evo Joe has kind of chronicled this whole thing. Um, but Joe uh, John Petrolino is going to continue to report on this. This uh, He's got two or three articles up uh, on this over at Bearing Arms. You can go check it out over there to get the full scope. I've given you just the thumbnail. But again, what really troubled me was, one, the officer wasn't aware of what the current law said and what was in force and what wasn't. And I understand those things can be challenging, especially with a lot of these things going up and down in the court system, but you'd think it would be important to know. And secondly, the fact that he is being paid by some outside agency in the guise of being, again, local law enforcement, it just seems weird. It's unsettling, I guess I'll put it that way. <clears throat> it's a little unsettling. 75 bucks an hour to write speeding tickets? Do you think that they're incentivized to write speeding tickets in that regard? Did they did they pull Evo Joe over for no reason with no no radar signature or anything else? Is that I mean I don't know. It's troubling to say the least. Let's just put it that way. It's definitely a troubling situation. All right. We're going to continue here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. I think I'll uh, open up the phone lines here in the next segment. Maybe uh, Jacob Sullum from Reason will be dialing in. Maybe not. Either way, we're going to continue. We'll be back with more right after this. Don't go anywhere. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Yeah, squidgy. Squidgy. I don't even know how to spell that. Squidgy. Um... It, it, I don't know. It just, it, it bothers me. The whole thing just, the whole thing just bothers me. Sorry, I can't put my headphones directly on my ear on the right side. So it's kind of throwing me off. I'm not getting full stereo. Um, it's, it's not about safety. Rather, it's about revenue enhancement. Well, and I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, Jeffrey, is that it's it's about for the officer, I guess it's about getting paid as long as he's out there, you know, running the running the traps and doing everything else. I guess it's about getting paid. Um, Jeannie says it's a great way to get criminals off the street. Is it really? I mean, is it is it really? I mean, he asserts that he was going 35 miles an hour and that he has a radar detector and it never went off once. 
So how was the guy even able? I mean, that's something that you'll, you know, you go to court and you say, basically say, officer, uh, he says I was going 45. I say I was going 35. Does he have proof from the radar gun that I was going 45? And if the answer is no, then. So is it really about getting criminals off the street? Or is it about revenue? Is it about control? Is it about something else? And again, just this idea that some other agency would have these officers in their off time utilizing public equipment do all that same. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's not about guns. It's about control, says Brian. I mean, that's an oldie but a goodie, right? That's the, that's the bottom line. Um, what did Sean say? 40 years later, there's a stoplight in Columbus, Nebraska, that after 11 p.m. red lights dwells excessively to nab out-of-towners. All of locals avoid the late-night traffic trap by avoiding the light. You pull up to the red light, and it sits and waits. National red light average can run as long as seven minutes. Seven minutes at a red light with nobody else coming? I just take a right turn and then go do a U-turn and come back across. That's, But, I mean, if that's – there, it happens. They're looking to incentivize that kind of stuff and to generate revenue. That's, I mean, problematic, to say the least. Um, uh, National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration emphasis on DUI, speeding seatbelt cell phones, not about fix-it tickets. Well, I mean, again, if it turns out that there was no radar and it was just – here's my problem, Jeannie. My problem is is that they're using it in some cases. They're using it as an excuse for probable cause to pull you over to find something else. I mean, if there was no radar gun, if there was no, uh, if there was no actual speeding going on, then – It it completely wipes out the whole problem. Now, nothing happened here, luckily, in this case. He was just issued a speeding citation and told that what he he was doing with his firearm was illegal. But the bottom line is, is that if they're just fishing for probable cause and utilizing it as a smokescreen for probable cause, that's that's a challenge, right? That's problematic. I mean, from my point of view, it's problematic. I don't know about you, but from my point of view, definitely problematic. Um, the exist Donna says the existence of traffic tickets makes me angry. <laughs> She's a speeder at heart. I can tell right now she likes to go fast. Um, I, I just, uh, but I, I just find this whole thing, uh, kind of, again, irritating from the get go that you've got public equipment being used and, you know, for this whole thing. Um, and Sean says, what to keep, what's, what's to keep a police officer from planting narcotics in your vehicle? I mean, nothing there, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of good cops out there, but there have been instances where they have not been. And that kind of stuff has happened. That's part of the problem. Um, um, there you go. We'll find out probable cause. Uh, for a stop has caught murderers like Ted Bundy. Yeah, but again, that doesn't that doesn't justify the violation of rights of so many people to find the one the one bad guy in the whole batch. You don't violate a whole bunch of people's rights to find the one bad guy. 
I mean, if it's a valid stop, it's a valid stop. But if you're making stuff up just to feather your nest or just to get more money, that's not right either. You know? You know? Um, <clears throat> but that's just me. That's just me. Uh, what do you guys have to say? Oh, one, I suppose, damn it, I should, I forgot to turn the phones on because I got talking. You know how it is. As Bill said, it's the narcotics. I wish I had narcotics because this, I got to tell you, this ibuprofen is just not hitting it. Just not. It's just not doing it. <laughs> it still, it hurts us, precious. It hurts us. Um, Thanks for calling the call-in line. Okay, so we're getting the phone lines lit up. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Let's do it. What the hell is an assault weapon? Does that mean that if we hurt your feelings, you should consider the Michael Duke Show assault radio? (laughs) Okay, we can accept that. Here's Michael Dukes. Kind of a but somewhat funny somewhat funny i would make the argument that i'm really funny looking um anyway welcome back to the program thanks for coming in and joining us it is the michael duke show uh we got the phone lines open right now and i think the phones i think the i think the phones uh i think the i think the regular number is working again i think we finally i think the folks down there at gci have finally uh got it uh going on uh let me just double check but i'm pretty sure the folks at gci have finally um got it squared away and uh i think that phone line is now working so feeling free to dial in and see what you guys have to say look at that it works okay so number to call if you'd like to call in this morning and talk about anything uh, is 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Look at that. It's all well and good right there. Give us a shout and we'll see what uh, we'll see what you guys have to say uh, on any topic that's related to guns in the Second Amendment and anything else. There's been some interesting discussion in the chat room here during the break talking about uh, what they're doing um, uh, with what they're doing out there, uh, what we were just talking about with the different speeding, uh, you know, the, the different organizations paying for things like the road safety enhancements and the DUI and the click it or ticket and all that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> uh, Jeannie says that, uh, it's a great way to get criminals off the street, uh, is one of the things that she said. And, you know, but in this case, is it, was he a criminal? No. Uh, she makes the argument that that's how they got Ted Bundy was probable cause for a stop is what caught murderers like Ted Bundy. And again, I'm not if it's a valid stop, I have no problem with it. It's if they're making things, uh, you know, if they're making things up or pushing it in a gray area in this regard to Evo Joe, again, saying that he, I was going 35 and I had a radar detector, no, nothing went off. And now he's saying I was going 45. Is it really probable cause? Um, and that's a that's a good question. Uh, we've seen instances where this kind of stuff has been, you know, a, a, a fictitious or a assumed probable cause has been used to pull people over and stuff like that's been thrown out of court. And although it has caught people like Ted Bundy and others, um, 
as long as it's legitimate, I have no problem with it. But if they're fishing for it, that's, again, that's what bugs me. And the fact that they're out there on some kind of extra paid kick to do it, to justify, to look, you know, the thing is, if you go out looking for somebody who's going to break the law, you're going to find something. You're, eventually, you're going to do something wrong, right? I mean, if a police officer followed you around uh, all day long in your vehicle and you drove, you know, for five hours, you're eventually going to do something that's going to break some kind of law. You didn't break fast enough. You didn't come to a complete stop. You didn't do something. So, I mean, they will find something if they're looking for it eventually. So they don't necessarily even need to make stuff up. But if this is the case with the Evo Joe thing, if they did, then that throws the whole thing out. It, it's it's just it's a little troubling. That's just it's a little troubling. That's all. It's uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um. 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. What else we got uh, going on here? I was working on uh, I was working on another uh, story I was looking at here. Where did it go? I lost it. Um, <laughs> this is this is the ultimate of tone deafness. Um, I've got to say this right now. The gun lobby, uh, you know, has a love-hate relationship when it comes to law enforcement, right? There's a, there's a, there's some in the whole anti-gun group that at the same time that they're saying that the police should be the only ones that have guns in the same breath or on the other side of the table, they're screaming at each other that we need to defund the police, right? Police should be the only ones that have guns. You know, average citizens shouldn't. Only the military and the police should have guns. And, you know, nobody else should. And then on the other side, defund the police. So they're kind of like living in a two-part a two part world at this point. Um, as part of the uh, coalition of interest gr- groups that are kind of coming together on the anti-gun side, they have to side with those that bemoan policing and advocate for defunding and reforms that aim to keep as many offenders as possible away from prison if they want to be, you know, good foot soldiers for the left. But in order for their treasured gun control laws to actually be enforced, they then have to depend on the very same police that they want to defund. I mean, it's, this is the, you know, this is the thing. Uh, Their allies in the media may not call out groups like Brady or change the ref uh, for wanting to have it both ways. But when those entities took to Twitter or X, as it's called now, to once again proclaim that police violence is gun violence, their hypocrisy was quickly pointed out by Second Amendment advocates, uh, including uh, including the Firearms Policy Coalition. And it went on to say, uh, you know, Chris Brown from the uh, Brady United said, fact, police violence is gun violence. Fact, black Americans make up all make up one third of all police involved fatalities. Fact, black Americans are 2.5 times more likely to be killed by police. Police accountability is inextricable from gun violence prevention. And then she goes that Fire Policy Coalition says, well, why are the police exempt from all Brady back proposals then? Because you hear that, right? Only the police can have that. Only the, You guys do a great job on holding police accountable for gun violence by, checks notes, exempting the police from every single gun control bill. 
I mean, there's just some, there is, I mean, there's just one after another, after another, where they're like, why do you single out every one of your restrictions and exempt cops from them without fail? It's just that dichotomy that we've talked about. I mean, how do you wrap your brain around that kind of stuff when you say that police are part of the problem, but then you exempt them from every law that you have, you know, that you propose or put on the books? How does that even happen? It's so frustrating. All right, let's um, let's go to the phones here and see what you guys have to say. 907-433-3150. We go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello, caller. Can you hear me? Hello? Yes. What's on your mind? Go ahead, caller. The caller apparently can't hear me. Are you there, caller? All right. Well, we're going to we'll, we'll put them back on hold and see if they want to come back. And because uh, I could see that I'm talking to everybody here and we'll go back over here. Are you there, caller? Can you hear me? No, apparently not. Apparently they can't hear me. All right. Well, we'll, we'll uh, continue ahead here and uh, continue to jump uh, jump on this. Maybe we'll see if we can get to them during the break and figure out what's going on. I got the phone lines to work, and then nothing else is working positively from there. That's just that's just how we roll around here. All right. Um, I mean, seriously, that's what's that's what's going on. Uh, what else? Uh, what else I got here? Uh, oh, did you? Oh, by the way, uh, I will say this. This is not necessarily firearms related, but uh, did you read the actual uh, incident of what happened? With that Tennessee couple that was lost up in the interior out by uh, out by China Hot Springs for all those days, uh, eight days, eight days, they made it out there. That's just that's insane. That's I mean that they, you know, and it's so crazy that they were so close for most of that time. Fifty-year-old uh, Jonas Bear and longtime travel partner Cynthia Hovespain acknowledged that simple bad choices turned a three-hour hike into a search-and-rescue operation by state troopers and local volunteers. The two left China Hot Springs uh, roughly uh, on August the 10th for a day hike, but soon found themselves lost as they navigated through forests that had fallen victim to wildfire, featuring burned trees that made it difficult to follow the path. Ultimately, they find themselves uh, trudging through terrain made mostly mostly difficult by Mashi. It was muskeg. They're walking through muskeg and tundra. <laughs> That's a, that will make you tired right now. They eventually were forced to take shelter in the woods and made camp at four separate locations over eight days, according to Bear. He said by August 12th, they had run out of snacks that they carried with them, and they didn't eat much more, being careful to avoid berries that were unfamiliar. Uh, he said, hunger was never an issue, but thirst was. He said, we never thought about it. We never felt it. We never felt hunger. We just wanted to keep moving. The water, we just seemed like we did not drink enough water. We were so thirsty all the time. They kept close to a creek that snaked through the hills. They said they made numerous trips from their water source to find a way out. They ran across a couple bears and everything else. Part of the problem, uh, and to make matters worse, was that uh, Hovespain is visually impaired and was not able to keep up the same amount of hiking that uh, Bear was, so he constructed a safe area 
with enough firewood to keep the fire going and told her he would return in five hours and began hiking north. Finally, he says he ran across the two hikers who got him back to the hot springs, and from there he guided a helicopter back to the spot where Hosepain was. He was physically worn out. His dad, who had flown up to Alaska to aid in his search, said he barely recognized him. He said he was just worn to it. But they made it. They kept their heads, and they made it. Good for them. Good for them. But yeah, what an ordeal. Eight days in the wilderness. And again, so close, right? Like a stone's throw away. Stone's throw away. All right, well, we're going to continue here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Hour two is dead ahead. We're going to finish things up with Willie Waffle from wafflemovies.com. We'll see what he has to say here in uh, just a bit. We return right after this. I see part of the problem here. I don't know why this thing just arbitrarily makes changes sometimes on its own, but uh, it looks like that was part of the reason is the caller couldn't hear me. I could hear them, but they couldn't uh, hear me. So that was because something got switched, but now I think I've fixed it. So let's go back over here to the uh, phones and see if we can get this caller's name and uh, information, and we will start the next hour with phone calls. How about that? Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Come on, Mike. It's Fred. How you been? Hey, Fred. Thanks for calling in. Was that you before, or was that somebody else? No, that was actually somebody else. What happened was we called. We called in, and it, you know your prompt came up announcing you know the announcements, and then we couldn't hear the show, so something was turned off. Yeah, I got it. I think I got it fixed now. So. We'll, uh, we'll we'll figure it out. Okay. All right, Fred, we'll hold the line. I'm going to start the show with you, and then we'll go on to the next caller after that. Hold the line here, Fred. Let's go over to caller number two. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Michael, this is Carlene. I was just calling to check out your number. There's like a triple echo going on. Oh, um, is there a triple? I want to be on the show. Okay. Uh, well, let me see. There shouldn't be a triple echo now. Um, when uh, the man from back east called, his was a triple echo. I don't know why. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. I'll uh, I'll see if I can. Un- you know, every time they f- every time we fix one thing, something else breaks. That's kind of how it goes around here. But uh, all right. Well, we will. I think- thanks, Michael. Thanks, 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 Carlene. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for calling in. All right. So we got Fred on the line. He's going to stick around with us. Was he echoey for you guys? Um, because it sounds clear as a bell to me. So don't want to know. Um, anyway, 
Yeah, a little bummed that we didn't get a chance to talk to uh, Jacob this morning because that was a thing. I was really looking forward to that, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. No echo, says Terry. It was good. It was good sounding. Tinny on my end, said Brian. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Did you hear about a retired police officer in Southern California went on a shooting spree at a biker bar? This just happened two days ago. Uh, I heard about it, but I didn't hear all the details. Uh, I didn't know that it was, uh, uh, I didn't know that it was a retired police officer. I heard the biker bar got shot up. Um, I'm looking to see, uh, these, these emphasized infractions, um, are a majority cause of traffic fatalities. If you've ever stood on somebody's front porch and had to deliver that news, you might change your mind about those seemingly trivial driving errors, says Jeannie. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying that having to deliver, you know, cause of death news or something to somebody is not tragic, Jeannie. I'm not saying that it's not tough. Um, but I am saying that we shouldn't uh, abandon any kind of, uh, we shouldn't abandon any kind of, uh, you know, uh, ID, ideation of freedom or protection from overzealous, uh, you know, policing because maybe sometime somewhere it will stop somebody from doing one thing you shouldn't uh, you know it's essentially it's like franklin saying better that a hundred bad men go free than one than you know a hundred evil men go free than one innocent man is uh is you know is is incarcerated or whatever the whatever the the quote was but that's the thing you don't abrogate people's rights in the you know uh to the effect of punishing all the innocent to find that one guilty guy out there. There's got to be a balance in it. That's it. Um, no, it's not a toothache. I have a infected salivary gland in the side of my face. My whole side of my face here is all messed up. So we'll see what, what's going on. Random roadblocks. Ooh, that's nothing that irritates me more than that kind of random roadblocky stuff. That's redonkulous. Redonkulous. Um, okay. Uh, I guess that's everything that I got going on there. Let me go back over here and look at that. Cause I saw the story I was going through. Let me click through some of my stuff here. Uh, at least three killed, at least three killed in a Orange County biker bar shooting. Um, we saw a high profile mass shootings. At least three people were killed and several others were wounded in a shooting at a popular biker bar in Southern California. The alleged gunman is also dead. Uh, incident reported 7 p.m. Cook's Corner to Bucket Canyon, area of Orange County. Um, the deputies responded to the scene within minutes and confronted a male suspect armed with a gun. The suspect, who authorities say may have been a retired law enforcement officer, was shot and killed. Four people, including the suspect, were announced dead at the scene. Six others, including five with gunshot wounds, were transported, critical condition, yada, yada, yada. Um, frankly, uh, okay, authorities did not provide details about the identities of the shooting victim or the gunman. Two sources who spoke on a condition of anonymity said the gunman, retired from the Ventura Police Department, was targeting his estranged wife. It was unclear whether the shooter followed her to the bar before opening fire. You can't, 
You cannot legislate evil or insanity. And that sounds a bit like that's probably more on the insanity side than anything else. What if those guys have been able to fire back? Maybe they would have. I don't know. All right. We got to go. Here we go. Hour two dead ahead. The Michael Duke Show. Buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Duke Show. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Take my rifle, this is my gun, this is for Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday, your chance to sound off on issues of a two-way nature right here on The Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live around the world at michaeldukeshow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM uh, translator. Good morning and welcome to the program. Uh, Hour two continues right now with your phone calls. I got the phone squared away. Sorry about that. And we're going to start things off fresh with a little bit of gun Q&A. Let's go over here and uh, pick things up with our friend Fred, who's all the way out in Rhode Island. Fred, what's on your mind today, sir? What are your What are you thinking? What are you thinking? What are your thoughts? Hey, good morning, Mike. You know, you mentioned the uh, you know the small town in New Jersey police department in Sound River. You know, the problem is with a lot of these small police departments, they don't you know the message doesn't get uh, doesn't get sent out right away, especially on issues that are kind of dynamic, like uh, gun control issues and uh, you know the issuing of uh, you know permits in a lot of states that were very restrictive. If, if they allowed anything at all in the way of carry permits being issued. And now they, you know, a lot of them are issuing, and, you know, a lot of the, it, the, word, the, it, it, the word's not coming down the line. It's not getting, coming down the pipeline to the, a lot of the small police departments. You know, what changes, and it's changing all the time. I mean, it's really right. more so dynamic now than it has been the last 20 years. So. Right. And I guess that that's part of the problem. You know, small-town police departments have to, like, step up to the game and, uh, you know, be kept in the loop more so than they have been. Well, yeah, because this stuff is changing on a weekly, I mean, this stuff is changing on a weekly basis, right? I mean, one law gets challenged, one court enjoins it, and then another court either supports or upholds the uh, the, the the enjoinment or it reverses it. And so, yeah, I mean, this is something that, you know, every morning when they do the, you know, when they do the, the briefing for everybody at the beginning of shift, they should say, okay, here's where the law sits today. I mean, and it's confusing for, for citizens as well. So, yeah, and there should be some 
discretionary uh, stuff going on there. So if they do Trump, you know, let's say that there was a uh, in this case, let's just say that uh, in this case that the ban wasn't enjoined and he was illegal, that for a while it was legal to carry. But then it was supposed to be locked and everything else. You got to have the give the officers some discretion as well to know that maybe the citizens aren't keeping up with every facet of that. It's it's confusing uh, for a lot of people. But the law that's their job. That's what they do for a living. They should definitely be on the top of the game as far as that goes. Well, you know, they should have maybe not maybe not every officer all the time, but they should have one person in each department who's uh, definitely kept abreast of everything, that's, all the changes, especially in places like New York and New Jersey and Chicago and California, especially California. Those people, you know, those people change their laws faster than they change their socks on a regular basis. You know, they should have one person, one dedicated person in every department that does nothing but keep abreast of the current laws. So when something happens, they could just call into the station and say, what's going on? Well, how do we handle this? And they can be immediately brought up to speed and avoid, probably avoid a lot of a lot of problems down the line in the long run, both for the officer, the department, the state, and the city, as well as the uh, you know the individual you know the firearms holder with the with the permit. In the long run, it just probably makes things a lot co maybe makes things a lot smoother in the long run rather than arrest somebody and then find out it was a false arrest and then he gets found really gets stupid after that. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I mean, there's, again, if you're the expert in this field and this is what your basically your job is, is upholding the law, you should be up to speed on it. Um, and again, even though, no, ign- even though ignorance of the law is no excuse for citizens, it should be understandable if they can't, especially if it's changing on a weekly basis, they, they, it should be understandable if they don't necessarily know all the minutiae of the law. But since it's, the officer's job to enforce it, somebody, and whether you're right, whether it's the the rank and file officers or the desk sergeant who's answering the radio back at the station or whatever, somebody should know what's going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing I want to bring up real quick is, you know, this whole business about the, uh, you know, the, uh, the the woke generation trying to like, uh, you know, trying to down, down the you know, get rid of the Second Amendment and downplay people's rights and all that, and you know, tear up, tear up the First Amendment. I think a lot of these people should be, you know, they should be held held to their held to their accountability as to what their actions are. I mean, I'm talking about open lawsuits now. I mean, you want to sit there and you want to go after the Moms Demand Action and the New Bloomberg uh, Newtown uh, Town for Every Gun Safety and all these crazy organizations that all they want to do is display the globalist agenda. And it is a globalist agenda. It's all BS, you know, street safety and all that. That's, that's crap. You know, it, it, it's, a globalist, it's a globalist mantra that wants to get rid of the Second Amendment, downplay or get rid of the First Amendment as well, and just kind of like, you know, tyrannically rule over the, rule over the masses while the elite sit up at the, you know, sit up uh, in the high table and enjoy themselves. And it's all crap. And because you're watching all these, all these campaigns that are coming out, especially going to be coming out in the fall, you know, for the, uh, you know, for the up-and-coming elections. You know, they sit there and they, all, they sound like a room full of parrots. They all say the same thing. I mean, outside of the, you know, the T's, T's crossed and the I's dotted exactly the same way across the board. You know that this is all crap. This is all, this is all nonsense that they've been pushing. And, and they just hand them a sheet and say, Either you're with us or you're against us. And if you're against us, we're going to destroy you. And if you're with us, you're going to go to heaven with us. You know, you'll go to heaven with us. 
and I think this really has to be taken taken down. Really, they have to be exposed and open them up to lawsuits. I mean, you want to infringe on people's rights? Well, you know what? There are laws that say that can't be. That's not going to be done. Well, I mean, and as we've talked about before, I mean, the Second Amendment is an implicit threat against tyranny, implied threat, meaning it's not people who are actively out there with pitchforks and torches and everything else, but they are, you know, the politicians know they can only go so far and no farther. And now with the assaults on freedom of speech that we're seeing at places like universities and everything else, you're right. It is an attempt. It is an attempt at control. Um, and it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's frustrating to say the least. Uh, but we, we just have to learn to fight back. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if, uh, uh, you know, lawsuits are going to be the answer or not, but, um, I think that, you know, again, people have to be, they have to be knowledgeable and they have to be informed about what their rights are and they have to stay on top of it because again, if we're not exercising them, if we're not taking care of them, then, uh, you know, a right not exercised is basically, you know, it's not a right denied. It's just a, a, a right that's unused. So we've got to be cautious about this and we've got to understand what our rights are in those cases. I think you know, that's have to step up. And when it comes to the media, you know, the media are definitely as much of the problem as the problem itself. I think I mentioned that before. I think the best thing with them is boycott them. Boy, boycott the sponsors, hit them in the pocketbook. And put them down there with uh, Anheuser-Busch and the rest of the wokes that sit there and want to, you know, promote this nonsense. And let them, let them feel the pain. Let them really feel the pain. And I think that they'll uh, either shut up and take, you know, either, either, either keep their opinions to themselves or just sit there and have a change of heart. But I think the way that they're going... There's much of the problem is the problem itself. Well, I think what you're seeing is that you're seeing more and more that people are starting to ignore the mainstream media. And instead of finding a balance, the mainstream media has instead doubled down on on their on their bias. You know, you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of mainstream media newsrooms going more and more towards a more biased, progressive leftist approach, anti you know, kind of anti-liberty kind of approach, and it's not, you know, they're not learning. So they they may, in the free market, well, they may just force themselves all the way out. Well, you know, like I said before, you know, it, 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 you hit them in the pocketbook, and maybe the, maybe the news departments aren't going to sit there and, you know, change their ways. But when the CEO comes down from, you know, from the, from the upper office and comes down to the newsroom and says, you know, you're all fired, or you're all get the hell out, you know, then they're going <laughs> to, I think the problem will be self-correcting at that point in time. And the way to do that is you pinch them in the pocketbook where it's going to hurt them the most. Yeah. Well, I mean, I agree. That's always, you know, spending your dollars where they need to be. I think that's probably a good idea as well. All right. Well, thank you, Fred. I appreciate you calling in. As always, it's good to hear from you. Thanks for being part of it today. You have a good week, Mike. Thank All you. right. Thanks so much. Fred in Rhode Island giving us a call this morning. And that leaves all the lines open. If you'd like to sound off, we've got the regular phone number back now finally, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150 if you'd like to sound off uh, and talk about things. Um, Sean in the chat room says, Vivek, uh, uh, Rams, Rams, oh, I can't even pronounce his last name right now this morning, uh, the presidential candidate, uh, and Colio Noir were talking about the Second Amendment, and Vivek said that if crazy people 
It's said it's crazy people that shoot up places saying that it's the national mental health issue is of greater importance than any new firearms legislation. And we've talked about that here on the program before. Again, you can't legislate evil or insanity. You know, you can put as many laws as you want on the books. You can put all these other things. But, you know, when somebody has basically committed to breaking the law, to doing something evil, or they're just nuttier, you know, they're just nuts. They just, they, they've decided that they're just going to, again, go shoot up someplace for whatever reason, whether it's the infamy, whether it's the, you know, they they want other people to hurt, whether they want to do suicide by cop or whatever it is, you can't legislate that kind of stuff. It just, it just doesn't work. And, uh, you know, you, you can't stop it. The only thing you can do is be prepared for it. And that's why if, you as a citizen are willing to um, are willing to be armed and have the ability to be armed and defend yourself. I mean, that's why I started out the show this morning with these two stories of of uh, of of uh, of two people who basically defended not only themselves but others because that's how you could stop. And in the case of the guy, uh, the case of the guy who. Uh, who uh, stopped the the uh, armed citizen in Texas, excuse me, in Michigan, this guy had already, this guy had already been, um, was already a three-time loser. He was, he had three felony convictions already, and he decided to go in and rob a convenience store with a box knife and threaten somebody's life over some money. Again, Something, you know, the, the, the only thing that's going to stop it is good people standing up and taking action. And that's what, again, that's the whole argument behind firearms and being able to carry and doing what you need to do is that you need to be able to protect yourself and others. But that means you need to have the training, too. It means you need to understand what the law says. It means you need you have to have a fundamental understanding of what you can or cannot do legally in those kind of situations. But in both the situations that I that I read off this morning, it seems like both of those were legit, you know, lawful legal defenses of uh, defensive life and and, uh, and and liberty for those folks. But we can't just wait around for somebody else to do it because, again, you're not going to be able to legislate. Criminals are going to be criminals. That's why we call them criminals. I mean, I I hate to be redundantly redundant, but that's the whole point. They doesn't matter how many laws you put on the books. Criminals are going to step in and do what they want to do because that's just their mindset. It's just where they're at. Okay, uh, we got uh, one more segment coming up, and then we're going to be doing some stuff with Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. Phone lines are open. Whatever you guys want to talk about, feel free to call us up this morning. I'll dig up some more stuff here in the chat room or from the newsreel, and we will continue. It is the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio.
We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Where was I? Um, I was looking for a couple other stories here real quick. I did all the show prep expecting Jacob to come on board and thinking, I mean, yesterday I just, I couldn't face it. Um, I was so wiped out after, uh, spending almost all of Wednesday in, uh, various doctor's offices and everything else trying to figure out what the heck was going on. Um, I was just, I just couldn't face it. And Wednesday was hard enough. I don't know if you could tell on Wednesday with Mike Shower and Ben Carpenter, but I was, I was struggling. I was struggling a little bit. Um, but, uh, so Thursday, I just couldn't face it. And I thought today, well, I've got Jacob Solid. you know, I could, I can do that. I've got some stories. We can make it happen. We got Willie Waffle coming up. It'll be okay. And now Jacob didn't show up and I've burned through most of my news stories that I reviewed this morning and, and uh, anyway, so we'll see what, we'll see what, we'll see what happens here. Ah, oh, we've got some other stories. What's going on? Uh, you can't legislate evil into good criminals by definition do not follow the law. How sane, how insane is that, that it needs to be said? That's the thing. You can have a million different, a million different laws. And if it's a criminal, they've already decided that they're going to break whatever law they want. That's the whole thing. Um, Jeannie is still stuck on this thing about the, 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 uh, stop just to point out your straw man argument, but Evo Joe didn't get cited or fined for being possession of firearm. He was counseled and the officer thought better of any action, simply writing a speeding ticket, the probable cause for the stop and sent Evo Joe on his way for perspective. If you do the math, 46 and a 35 is 30% over the posted speed limit. Again, that's assuming that the officer had a radar gun and was truthful. I'm I, again, Jeannie, I'm not, I mean, I know that you're former law enforcement and so you, this is near and dear to your heart. And I'm not saying that I, I, it's not like all cops are bad. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying what bothers me is that you've got uh, secondary organizations spending money on these basically what end up being kind of revenue generation more than anything else in a lot of cases. And that it sounds like in the end what this was, and you're right, he used his discretion not to arrest Joe, which would have been wrong to begin with because of what the law said. He was misinformed on the law and didn't know. He even if he had even if he had cited Joe or fined him for being in possession of a firearm, it would have been illegal, which would have caused more problems. But again, this idea that cops should just, you know, use any excuse for probable cause to just kind of do, you know, what you're saying is, well, we found all these people. We found Ted Bundy. We found the Green River Killer. We found all these people through traffic stops. It shouldn't be a fishing expedition every time. You know, we shouldn't be looking for other, you know, what it makes me feel like is every time they pull me over, they're looking for some other excuse to put me under arrest. Like they're looking for something else that I did wrong. They're looking for something that they can find 
to use that to leverage that probable cause for a simple traffic stop to find something else that I may have done wrong or maybe a mistake I made or some other thing that I violated. I'm not saying that if it's a legitimate traffic stop that that's fine. What I'm saying is his assertion is that he was going 35 and that there was no radar squall from his detector. Um, then my question is, was it a legitimate stop? I'm not, you know, again, I don't, I'm not trying to argue with you here. I'm just telling you how I feel about it. And it's not a straw man argument. I mean, it's just as much as a straw man argument of use as you saying, you go do next of kin notification and then tell me how you feel. Well, I haven't done next of kin notification and I, I know that it's probably one of the most difficult things you can do, but that just, just because you do it doesn't mean that I have to go then justify violating other people's rights. That's my point. I, again, I'm not mad about it. I'm not upset. I'm just saying this is how I feel about these things, and they make me feel a little squidgy sometimes. It's my new favorite word. New favorite word. All right, here we go. Uh, we're going to jump back into this. Uh, the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like it, share, like it, follow. Do all the things and the stuff, and uh, that's it. Here we go. What the hell's an assault weapon? What isn't? If I assault you with a penguin, doesn't that make it an assault weapon? Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Dukes show assault radio? <laughs> okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. All right, welcome back. Final segment today for firearms discussion, gun rights, and more. Uh, whatever it is that you want to talk about, we've got the phone lines open here for the final, uh, I don't know, this is about 10 minutes or so, uh, here before we, uh, before we, uh, run things over to Willie Waffle and do a little bit of lighter side, do a little bit of lighter side, you know, lighten things up for the weekend and everything else. Um, we, uh, <laughs> a couple things. So First of all, Jerrica says in the chat room, she said, you can't legislate evil into good. Criminals, by definition, do not follow the law. How insane is that, that it needs to be said? That's, I mean, that's the whole point of what we've been talking about this whole time. And Jeannie in the chat room also says that she's coming back to my straw man argument, she said, about uh, Evo Joe not getting cited or fined for being a possession. He was counseled and the officer thought better of any action, simply writing the speeding ticket uh, and the probable cause for the, so for the, for the uh, stop. For perspective, if you do the math, 46 and a 35 is 30% over the posted speed limit. And again, that's all assuming that the stop was legitimate. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to bash any police officer in particular. I'm saying in general, this trend of looking for an excuse for probable cause to then leverage that probable cause to find some other infraction is what is worrying to me. Because, I mean, we all break the law. Every one of us breaks the law every day. We don't even know sometimes when we break the law. There's so many laws on the books. Somebody does, you just, you, you know, you could inadvertently do something wrong and you don't even know it. And so this idea that using probable cause as a fishing expedition, which it happens, it happens all the time. I, I think that's part of the that's part of the problem here. Donna says next they will come into your house with any excuse for probable cause and find things to fine or arrest you for. That again is that erosion of of the rights. 
probable cause in and of itself is a good thing to have to fall back on. You have to have that. And I, I appreciate that. But if you are manufacturing probable cause, which is what Evo Joe is asserting, that he was going 35, not 46, and he, did, he had a radar detector and there was no squawk on his radar detector. So how did the officer know that he was going? You know what I'm saying? If they're, That's my fear. That's, that's what makes me uncomfortable about that. Um, again, there's plenty of great, plenty of great people out there, plenty of great officers in law enforcement, and I support them, but that does not give them carte blanche to then use probable cause as a way to basically go out and try and find other crimes. That's my, that's my, that's the slippery slope to me. And, uh, that's just, that's just my thoughts. That's just my thoughts. Let's uh, go over to the phones and see what you guys have to say here as we continue ahead. Uh, right here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Rattles up in Pleasant Valley. Hello, Rattles. What's on your mind, my friend? Well, it's been raining up here for two weeks or so now. We needed it. And it's finally out in them fires. But, you know, I do a radio program also twice a week. And August has no holidays. And you already had all four days. <laughs> I, I, I started talking about you on my program. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, that's good, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I'm probably going to take off a day on Labor Day weekend as well, Rattles. But I was at the... I was well, at, I know you will. Probably uh, three or four of them. <laughs> I was... I was uh I was in the I was in the doctors. Yes, that's why I couldn't do the show because I had a medical emergency. So, I mean, I guess that's okay. You can uh, you know, just have the EMTs come to your studio and take care of you there while you're doing the show. That'll be fine, Rattles. <laughs> I had to get on you about it. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, any any other thoughts or is that it? Well, I'll be on the night at 5. You can turn me on. Okay, I'll turn you on. And that means I can also turn you off. All See, right. that's how it works. I love that. I love that. Thank you, Rattles, for calling in. Yeah, for those of you who are just joining us, if you didn't know yesterday, I had a medical, a little bit of a medical emergency on Wednesday uh, and spent most of the day uh, at the doctor, hospital, clinic, whatever, uh, getting something squared away and could not, uh, was was not up to the show yesterday still in recovery from uh, a minor issue with my uh, minor issue with my face. My face done swole up on one side real big. So uh, it, uh, but it, I think we got it under control now and uh, hopefully it will, we will be continuing to recover over the weekend and hopefully by Monday, everything will be back to normal and it'll all be, it'll all be good stuff. It'll all be good. All right. Um, what else did we? Uh, what else did we have? Uh, uh, I had one more story and I've lost it already. Where was it? Right here. Oh, and again, just to prove that, uh, just to prove that you can't legislate evil or insanity, and just to prove that not, you know, that that the argument from many anti-gun folks, which we've heard in the past, is only the police should have guns, while in the same breath saying you know, defund the police at the same time, that kind of dichotomy. Then we have this story that came out yesterday about the shooting in Orange County. And a special thanks to, I think it was Sean that brought it to my attention. Um, I'd seen the headline, but I hadn't read into it and I didn't realize it. Um, Orange County, California, um, they have tons of gun laws on the books, but we saw 
just a couple uh, high-profile mass shootings in just two days uh, earlier this year, and then you had this happen. At least three people were killed and several others were wounded in a shooting at a popular biker bar in Southern California on Wednesday night. The alleged gunman is also dead, according to authorities. The incident was reported just after 7 p.m. at Cook's Corner in uh, Tarbuco Canyo area of Orange County. Deputies responded to the scene within minutes and confronted a male suspect with a gun. The suspect, who authorities say may have been retired law enforcement, was shot and killed. Four people, including the suspect, were pronounced dead at the scene. Six others, including five with gunshot wounds, were transported to the local trauma center. Two were in critical condition. Uh, The L.A. Times then goes on to report authorities did not provide details about the identities of the shooting victim or the gunman, but two sources who spoke on a condition of anonymity said the gunman uh, retired from the Ventura Police Department, was targeting his estranged wife. It's unclear whether the shooter followed her to the bar before opening fire on the crowd, they said. So, again, you cannot legislate insanity. Which, uh, you know, this sounds like one of those things where somebody got crazy over, uh, you know, some kind of emotional issue with their spouse. It it does happen. You can't, you know, at that point, you're not talking sense to anybody. And the fact that anybody would have a, um, that one more law was going to stop them, whether they were former law enforcement or not, it, it just doesn't make any sense. But it just shows you that anybody you know, this can happen anywhere at any time. The only solution that I think that would have been better was if the people in that Orange County biker bar had been able to defend themselves, which obviously in California, they're not. Uh, and the shooter, if it was true that he was retired police officer, is probably one of the only ones again, right? The only ones that the only police should be allowed to have firearms, only police and retired police should be allowed to have firearms because they're the only ones that can be trusted. What about the citizens that would have the ability to defend themselves? It's just, it's, again, another example of that kind of stuff that goes on. It happens out there. You cannot legislate evil or insanity. If it's one more law, it's not going to stop a criminal who's already, I mean, again, we were talking about the, the, uh, we were talking about the, uh, the shooter earlier who defended in a, in a Massachusetts uh, or in a Michigan uh, liquor store, right? He defended and and defended the clerk and and the guy who had been attacking and robbing the store and was threatening the clerk at knife point was a three-time loser already. He was a three-time felony convict. So was one more law going to stop him? He knew what the law was. He's been a part of it. He's, He's already been convicted three times. Is one more law going to stop him? Apparently not, uh, but that's what the, that's what the answer always is. If we just had more laws. What we'd be doing is we'd be disarming the majority of the populace and making them even more susceptible to victimhood at the hands of criminals. That's what they they just fail to recognize or fail to acknowledge. All right, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. All righty then. What else we got going on here? 
me see what you guys are going on about here. Um, um, and Jeannie, thank you for your service in law enforcement. Yes. Thank you, Jeannie. I appreciate Jeannie. She brings an interesting perspective to this conversation. I'm, I'm not, again, not poo-pooing it. Um, what is it? That is an actual quote, Jim, but I don't remember who that is from. Show me the man and I will find you his crime. Um, apparently, says Melissa, I'm not allowed time off. No, apparently not. Don't take any time off, whatever you do. You know? I don't know if Rattles is just trying to get uh, his uh, show notif- notar- notarized, notified, whatever. Um, two nights a week, 5 p.m., good for him. But um, um, probable cause and reasonable suspicion have been the basis of law enforcement contact since the beginning of time, guys. It's not new. It's how we do business. Less than 10% of the population is ever contacted by law enforcement. I'm not arguing that. What I'm arguing about and what I what, what raises the red flag for me is if somebody is using probable cause. Um, no, somebody's not using probable cause. Somebody is inventing probable cause. Now, we'll know more on this because... Um, the, uh, because the, uh, John Petrolino has asked for the body cams and the dash cams of the police cruisers for an hour prior to this incident. So he'll know, you know, what's going on. Uh, but, and I guess my assertion is Jeannie, I don't know for sure what went on or not. We've got a, he said, she said, right. The officer said he was going 46. He said he was going 35. He said the officer didn't have a radar on. Uh, because his radar detector didn't go off. The officer may or may not have had a radar gun. We don't know. But I'm saying is if if people are manufacturing probable cause, that's the problem. And it, this may or may not have happened. I'm just saying it makes me it makes me hesitant. And then to have an outside entity come in and pay for these officers on their own time to come in and enforce more laws, and make it so that it's a you know it they make more money if they're out there writing more tickets that encourages that kind of behavior again i don't know if this officer officer wegg is guilty or not i don't know if he's part of it or not but i'm just saying that's where my problem lies not that again probable cause is the wrong thing it's the right thing obviously but if it's manufactured if it's not genuine that's where the problems begin. That's all. That's all. Um, and take, she does say, and taking away guns just makes them machete murderers. Yeah, exactly. Um, police gone wild. Um, okay. Um, yeah. When Rattles has the same following as you. Um, as you do, he could take days off. Oh, wait, he has five days off a week. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know why he's got such a bug up his ass over something like this. It just doesn't seem like, I mean, I don't know. Apparently, but at least he's mentioning me on his show, right? Um, can't regulate hungry wildlife. Um, so. If you're doing 
nothing wrong. You don't mind the police randomly searching your car, house, and random frisks. Hand over your phone and laptop too. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, see your previous comment about show me the man and I'll show you his crime. Right. Um, mental health, also a contributing factor to the mass closures, bankruptcy of many hospitals and clinics around the country, possibly. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, mental health is a huge issue here in America. We've had some discussions about that. It is a huge problem. And I don't, I don't have an answer for it is the problem. You know, we've seen what happened after the shutdown of the, you know, of the mental health institutions across the country in the uh, 80s and 90s. And we've seen the repercussions of that. It's still we're it's still being felt now for sure. Um, and JD says, and to reiterate, restate my previous comment: law enforcement does not advocate the disarming of the populace. No, I, I don't think law enforcement in general does. I think that there are some that there's a few that do, but it's again like any other body or group of people. It's not a uniform, cohesive mass that all says one thing or another. I think the majority of law enforcement is definitely not for disarming the populace. Um, show me the man, I will show you the crime, was Joseph Stalins. Thank you, Berryman, uh, chief of KGB. is Beria, right? Beria was his chief of the KGB? Yeah. And if your Australian crooks will make their own guns. Yeah, no, exactly. The Australian, yeah, it's the whole thing. All right, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show, uh, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like it, share, like it, follow. I got to change the light over. Here we go. Let's do it. All right. Well, we're ready to go here. We're ready to rock and roll. Let's let's do this thing. Uh, the weekend. Willie Waffle, WaffleMovies.com, our guest. Uh, we're going to do the weekend uh, movie review, and he joins us uh, right now. Hello, my friend. How are you? Hey, it's Friday. That's an excuse to talk about movies. I like it. I li- any excuse, any excuse will do. That's what I'm looking for right now. Any excuse will do. So uh, let's get started with the. Um, Oh, I guess the Jeopardy. We'll start with Jeopardy. I know it's your thing. Oh, yeah. I, I want to make you happy. I mean, you know. I love talking about Jeopardy because, you know, people don't realize this is one of the most popular television programs in all of America. I mean, like, if you if you look at the ratings, they do pretty darn well every night. And uh, it's because there's so much drama. There's so much excitement. And now they are just in the middle of this massive battle that's going on during the writer's strike. And so (laughs) this is, this is great. So this fall, you know, they have celebrity jeopardy, which was converted into a prime time version of the show. And, and Maya Bialik is, is the host because the deal is she hosts like primetime specials and Ken Jennings kind of gets the day-to-day stuff. But she walked off the set when the strike began in, in, yeah, well, in in uh, in concert with her fellow writers, you know, the the, the show has like three writers, and uh, and they walked off, and she said, "Hey, I, I'm a I'm a member of the union, and and the actors are going to be going on strike too, and, and we're in this together." And so she walked off, 
And now that we're moving into the fall and it's getting time to to actually tape the Celebrity Jeopardy episodes, yeah. she's not coming back. Yeah, no, so for a while, they, right? <laughs> Yeah, so they announced that Ken Jennings, yes, is going to move in, and he is going to be hosting the uh, the Celebrity Jeopardy, the primetime version, and they're not going to use, quote-unquote, new material. See, they think they found a loophole in the whole strike deal. They're going to use, A, material that was written before the strike that's been in the can, and here's my favorite part, B, questions that have been used before on the show. Oh, well, no, I mean, there, I would think they would have the, to do that anyway with all the questions, but apparently, no, they write new material every time. They write new material all the time. Now, I, you know, I will say that as, as a dedicated fan who watches a great deal, you will see different variations of questions. Like you'll, you'll go, yeah, I think they've asked that before, but maybe in a different format or in a way that the answer is different, but you know that the question is, is seeing if you have the general knowledge, you know, that kind of thing. And so they are going to use what they're calling already written material. And uh, and they're going to have also a series of programs where they're bringing back people who lost on Jeopardy. And they're calling it like a second chance opportunity. And they said, well, this is fair because, you know, if you're going to use questions that other people have seen, you might as well have it be the people who saw the questions when they were playing the first time around. <laughs> So okay. right. yeah, let's right. face it, they let's face it, they probably didn't get the answers right. Right. So they are off and running. And here's my question. What celebrities are crossing the picket line to do celebrity jeopardy this fall? Oh, that's a good question. I hadn't thought uh, yeah, about that. Because, uh-huh. Actors are on strike. They're supposed to be, you know, they're supposed to be supporting their union brothers and sisters. And uh, so Who's that going to leave you? I mean, and who'd want to be labeled a scab like that? Jennings is already taking a, a ton of heat for this. Uh, you know, the, he's basically being called the scab host. And then he's trying to run out every, every excuse like, well, Trebek, yeah, did it during a strike once and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and you know, I think that his reputation is going to take a little bit of a hit. Uh, so I think that's going to be a problem. But uh, I mean, I'll tell you what, I don't see any celebrity who can walk on that set while there's a strike going on and not having it impact them negatively for a long, long time. Well, you know what that means? Jeopardy reruns. That's all it means is Jeopardy reruns. Well, they kind of do that in the summers anyways. You know, and, and I remember there was a time where they aired like classic Jeopardies for like a week or two uh, as kind of a celebration for Alex Trebek. And I think that would be fine to see that, too. Uh, you know, I, I just don't know how many of the rights they have to that because the the old Jeopardy episodes air on the Pluto network, the, uh, the streaming network, yeah. Pluto. So they may not have the rights to even do that. Weird. All right. Well, yeah, I guess we'll see. Well, I guess we'll see how it comes down um, this weekend. Uh, you might be able to see a movie for the price of yesteryear. This is a great idea. So last year, the, yeah, I mean, this this is called National Cinema Day. So last year they did it like on the Sunday of Labor Day weekend, and it was a smash hit. Well, you know, if there's one thing that Hollywood loves to do is, is do sequels of smash hits. So this Sunday is National Cinema Day, and thousands and thousands of theaters all across the country are participating. You know, all your major chains, AMC and, and all, you know, all of them. So uh, that's going to be fun. And you will be able to see a movie for four dollars. 
and pretty much any movie on Sunday. So even like Barbie, they're going to be selling a lot of $4 tickets. Or, or Oppenheimer, they're going to be selling a lot of $4 tickets. Some classics, Jurassic Park in 3D, they're celebrating, I think, what is it now, the, the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park. So you can see that in 3D. Uh, they're bringing back The Little Mermaid as a sing-along, uh, the live-action version of Little Mermaid. You can sing along in the theater. And this is the one that I really love. The 50th anniversary of American Graffiti. Oh, wow. 50th anniversary. My God. I'm I old. know. Oh, wow. I know. Yeah. But, you know, for four bucks, I'd love to see that in the theaters. I yeah. think it'd be great. On and, the big screen. And, you yeah. know, oh, yeah, it'd be wonderful. And, and you know, the, 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 you know, last year, like I said, this is a big hit, but last year the tickets were $3. This year they're four because of inflation. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they saw how popular it was. I mean, didn't it like it bumped up the grosses for last year, didn't it? Yeah, it was it was one of the best Labor Day weekends they ever had. Uh, you know, I I, I want to say it was about double of what you normally see on Labor Day uh, or, you know, so that that's a big weekend for them. Uh, you know, Labor Day traditionally is not a big movie going weekend. It really isn't. Uh, for a lot of families, it's kind of like that last weekend to party uh, before the summer's over. A lot of places, school starts right after Labor Day. Uh, you know, so it, it's never really been, you know, a time where blockbusters are released. So right. this is a nice opportunity to fill your theater and sell some popcorn when most people aren't necessarily going to go. And for four bucks, all of a sudden the movie's affordable and you can take a few folks and you can have a good time. And I think it's fantastic. I have to try it out. Uh, maybe I'll actually go see yeah. a movie for the first time in five years or something. Um, all right. Green, Kelsey Grammer, and company for Frasier. Yes. Toss salad and scrambled eggs are back. It is the return of Frasier. The reboot, the restart, the continuation, whatever they're going to call it. And it ha now has an air date. It will be premiering on Paramount Plus October 12th. And then very conveniently, while there's a writers and actors strike and there's no fall television season, the first two episodes are going to be shown on CBS on October 17th. <laughs> <laughs> How convenient. How convenient. Yeah. And, and, and I just want to say, I would be curious to see if there is a clause in their contract where they get more money if this thing runs on the network, because this would be the typical... I'm just going to say the typical weenie move by a television network. We paid you for streaming, but we're going to drop it on the network, which we would have cost us more. But, hey, you know, you already got paid. You had a deal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hopefully his lawyers are a little sharper than that. But I guess we'll uh, we'll have to see. Yeah. Uh, and, of course. And, and we'll see. And, and, and it's just, I mean, it should be a fun reboot. I mean, the, the whole story is that Frazier is back in Boston. And uh, we're going to see more of his family. We're going to see young Freddie, who's now grown up. Uh, we're going to see Freddie's friends. B.B. Uh, Newworth is going to appear uh, as his ex-wife at some point. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of hope and a lot of dreaming that uh, maybe uh, some friends from the bar might show up. And we'll we'll have to see. They're keeping oh, kind of a lid on that. That'd be funny. Yeah, because I forgot that was originally a spinoff from Cheers. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. So and, and they, they had episodes where where some of the members of Cheers showed up on Frasier. I, if I remember correctly, Ted Danson did an appearance on... Yeah. Uh, on... Did I lose you? 
No, I'm here. Okay, I lost you for a second. Yeah, Ted Danson did a did a thing on that. Um, all right, well let's uh, let's move over. We got about five minutes here. Let's move over to the shows and the streams and everything else. You know which one I want to talk about. So let's talk about the other two first. What are, where are we going? Well, you know, I, I assume that uh, you, you're not as excited about Retribution, and uh, this is this is Liam Neeson's latest movie where he's going to growl and threaten somebody. Well, except he's kind of playing more of a normal guy here in the sense that he's kind of a dirty businessman and he hasn't been spending a lot of time with his family and his wife. And he's convinced to drive the kids to school this day. And of course, this is the day where a stranger calls him on the cell phone and says, I've strapped bombs to your car. If you call anybody, if you get out of the car, if you reach out to the police, I'm going to blow you up. And then we're going to spend the entire movie trying to figure out, well, Who's doing this? Why? And we're going to watch Liam Neeson running around the city doing crazy things and trying to avoid the police and having the police wonder why is he trying to do that? You know, so it's it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. Okay, I mean, there's there's nothing really exciting here. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's 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 predictable. It it's you know, it's kind of like speed except in in a car with bombs on the car. It's kind of a, uh, in a minivan. Like, <laughs> it's like yeah, speed in a, in a minivan. minivan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and, you know, Liam Neeson will eventually reveal himself to be a man with certain skills. And uh, that's when he goes all taking. He starts taking care of business. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to say two waffles. It's everything you expect. Um, well, which with Liam Neeson, I just can't really stomach him, after, especially after he came out about, oh, hey, you Americans, all you need is guns. And I'm thinking, mother, you, you. You've made millions <laughs> of dollars. You shot 87 people in your first Taken movie, and now you're like, oh, you Americans and guns. Shut your pie hole, you filthy yeah, yeah, you made a, No, I, I agree. You made a lot of money off of guns, Liam. <laughs> so just shut your pie hole. All right. Uh, Gran Turismo. Now, I'm hearing some buzz about this. I'm not much of a racing car guy, but this is a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Rocky with race cars. You know, uh, it's 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 actually a true story. Uh, this this young driver, Jan Mardenborough, if anybody knows him uh, from from uh, Grand Prix racing, um, he is this gamer. And and there were all these gamers who were hi highly dedicated to the game Gran Turismo. And uh, a contest was held. They, there was this idea to kind of market the game and market Nissan, which was trying to get into Grand Prix racing, that they would recruit one of these gamers and make him a real race car driver. And this guy is the one who ends up winning the contest. Uh, spoiler alert, I, I guess. <laughs> so we see we see him going through, you know, training to become a driver, actually getting his opportunity, seeing if he has what it takes to, to become a driver. And and I think what really wins you over in this movie movie is is just the 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 visuals i mean it just looks amazing i mean it really does feel like you're in that driver's seat you're you're cruising around the turns you're avoiding the other cars trying to crash into you i mean just, that part is exciting and everything else is just kind of like the story you know but I love David Harbour in here. He's really awesome. He's kind of this washed-up car driver uh, who is the trainer, who doesn't believe any of these kids is worth anything, well, until he meets Jan. And now, all of a sudden, we see kind of that soft side come out of this curmudgeonly dude. I'm going to say two and a half waffles. All right, two and a half waffles. That sounds good. I mean, you know, I, everybody loves a good origin redemption type story, so that's good. Um, now yeah. we're, we're on to the last one, uh, the one I've been waiting for. This is the new Disney Plus series. It's a Star Wars spinoff, and it's called Ahsoka. Ahsoka Tano, the apprentice of Luke Skywalker. 
And, uh, you know, so here we go. Rosario Dawson is going to be a new... Well, she's kind of been in the Star Wars universe. We saw this character in The Mandalorian, which right. is really a setup for the new series. And uh, this is her story as she's chasing after the evil Admiral Thrawn, uh, the the one guy who could could reunite the the, the Empire and, and beat down the, the New Republic, which is shaky as it is, as, as all the troubles of putting together a new government and a new way of life are, are really causing them difficulties but we learn that she's not just after admiral thrawn she's after ezra the man who saved her ended up disappearing with thrawn and now we wonder will she be able to find him and 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 it really is kind of a it's going to play out as a mystery uh you know they're they're on the search they're trying to find this map they're trying to find out where he went uh you know and then there's of course action i I know you're gonna be shocked there's some lightsaber fights in here (laughs) a lot of them you know and and we're gonna learn about all these other characters and and you know like uh, sabine wren who's kind of like ahsoka's former apprentice who's kind of reluctantly getting back together with her uh the general of the new republic played by mary elizabeth winstead and david Tennant as ahsoka's droid oh i can't wait uh ezra bridger uh this is a, this is actually a spinoff of the rebels cartoon uh and ezra bridger and so and sabine wren and all the sandula they all they were all from that i can't wait man i can't wait you've only seen two episodes give me a waffle meter real quick I'm at two and a half waffles. I'm hoping it gets better. I, I think it's just okay right now. Well, it's got a lot of setup probably right now in the first yeah, couple episodes. Yeah, that's the issue. They're setting up everything you could ever imagine in these first two episodes. It's a lot to take in. Yeah, well, I've got all the backstory, so I'm ready. That's all I'm saying. I've got the backstory. I'm ready to go. All right, Willie Waffle, WaffleMovies.com. Thank you. My friends, we're out of time. We'll see you tomorrow, uh, Monday. Okay, this is how much of a nerd I am. So, Ahsoka Tano first shows up in the Clone Wars, right? Which yes. is kind of the yep. ki- which is kind of the kids cartoon, which slowly grew to be more of a younger, older kids cartoon. And then you had Rebels, which is kind of a young adult cartoon that continues the story. Ahsoka shows up there after the whole Order sixty six and the Jedi and Anakin turns into Darth Vader and everything else. And then it gets really good. You get a lot of backstory about Ahsoka Tano. But Ezra Bridger, who's the main character in Rebels, uh, he disappears at the end of the at the end of the show. Sorry, spoilers. Um, but that's where this <laughs> that's where this picks up, and this is yeah. fantastic. I cannot. I think Rosario Dawson has done such a good job as Ahsoka. I love all the casting yeah. um, as uh, you know the just everybody from Chopper the droid to uh, Sabine Wren to Sindula. I mean the whole thing. This is really. I mean, I just can't. I, I just can't wait. This, this it just looks awesome. It looks awesome. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I think I think my biggest objection, and, and maybe I'm not being fair here. I think my business, biggest objection is that it feels like a regular Star Wars story. Like like I just remember when the Mandalorian came out. It was a whole other world within Star Wars, and it was a different type of story and different kind of characters. And 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 I think I was looking for that in Ahsoka. And I think that you know now that we're getting to understand who these characters are and where they're going, it'll probably become a better story to me. Right. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm well, holding back like destroying it because I don't think it deserves to be destroyed. Right. Well, you got to think about it. Mandalorian, and like even Andor, 
those were shows that had really had nothing to do with the Force or Jedi or all the big flashy yep. stuff with Star Wars, right? The one is like a is like a cowboy western. The other one's kind of like a uh, you know a, a, not a murder mystery, but kind of like a, well, a it's spy like a film noir. Yeah, it's like yeah. a spy thriller, right? I mean, that's what it's really about. Yeah. So, so you kind of get those feelings from this. Um, this I think is going to build into something bigger, but, uh, you know, the fact that they brought Thrawn and here's the thing, the guy who's playing Thrawn is the guy who voiced Thrawn in the cartoons. And he was so, I can't remember his name. Yeah, Mikkel, he's a, Mickelson. Yeah. He's, Mickelson. he's a Swedish actor. He yeah. is so yep. good. And he's also an actor. So now they've cast him as Thrawn. I just can't wait. This whole thing should just be. It should be amazing. I'm holding. I'm. I'm crossing my fingers. But I got. They only dropped two episodes. I got to wait six weeks for this thing to finish, so then I can watch it. <laughs> oh, and and they're even doing something different for Disney Plus. This this was a this was a curious little move. They have said that they're no longer going to drop a, a, the Ahsoka series like Wednesday Wednesday night at like three a.m. Eastern, twelve Pacific. Oh no, it will be released Tuesday nights at nine p.m. Eastern, six Pacific. So it's almost like watching a network television show. Uh, you will wait until 9 p.m. and then you will turn it on. <laughs> not me. I'm going to wait till it's all done and then I'll watch it. But it should be great. I, 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 I thought she did really well in all the episodes uh, of The Mandalorian. And now that we get to see people like Sabine Wren and uh, and uh, and everybody else, I can't. I just can't wait. It's... Yeah, you know, here's here's my complaint about Sabine Wren. Is she everything that we know in Star Wars? I mean, she's a Jedi. She's a Mandalorian. I mean, what? I mean, what else is she here? Is she also part Wookiee? We're gonna find that out later. <laughs> is that something that's on the way? Are you saying she's like the MacGuffin character? I mean, that's yeah. a, that's not how she that's not how she came across in the series, but it's. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to watch. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. But all right, Willie. Well, thank you so much, my friend. It's good to talk with you. Appreciate you coming on board. Uh, we will see you next week. Next week, Equalizer Three. Denzel's getting paid. Oh man, getting paid. All right, folks. Out of time for today. We will see you on Monday. Have a great day.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.